Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. And if you're new here, welcome to the podcast for the very first time. I'm glad that you decided to come in and listen. Uh, my name is Misty. I'm your host. And um, today's guest is a very special guest. And this is a little bit of a different podcast that we're recording. And I want to shout out with the domestic violence hotline number like I always do. It's 1-800-799-7233. Um, again, that's 1-800-799-7233. Um, that is for all the women that have listened over the years, that listen to the podcast, that just mainly pick up domestic violence awareness and need help from this podcast. Um, I really, really uh, commend the National Domestic Violence Hotline. They do a wonderful job out there in Texas. So give them a call if you just need help. You need to find a shelter or need to find someone to counsel you. That is a very good hotline number. Um, and also, don't listen to the podcast if you're in any danger. Please hang up, dial 911. No one wants you to be in any kind of danger and listen to the podcast. And today's podcast is about a subject um, that we rarely speak about. Um, also, right along with DV, it's um, about child abuse and overcoming um, what you went through, what this lady went through as a child. Um, and she is here to talk about her memoir that she has written and her story and her business that she's been so successful in building. And um, I'm going to give the Child Help National child abuse hotline if you know someone or you suspect child abuse please dial that number and get some get some innocent child some help the number is 1-800-422-4453 again that number is 1-800-422-4453 and Christina I, I, I just said her name before we started this recording I promise you guys uh, um, Batalago, go ahead and say it, Christina. Battaliano. Battaliano. Everybody does that. <laughs> I know. Okay. I just said it to her also, right before, I, and, I, and I don't know why, but every time this, this happens to me. So. That's okay. And, and you're, you're not alone. Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, well, um, I'm so proud that you wanted to come on the podcast and talk about um, your story and about the things that you're doing in your life. And if, if I have your permission to record right now with you, then we'll, we'll start it up. I'm ready to go. Sounds good, great. good, great. Um, okay, y'all guys, um, I want you to listen to Miss Christina. She's going to talk about some things, and um, I'm just going to sit in the background and listen to you also. All right, so I'm just, just going to run with this, huh, Misty? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> great, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, well, my name is Christina Vitaliano, and I, um, I published a memoir this year it came out um, called Every Nine Minutes, and it's, um, it pretty much spans my, my life experiences um, from when I was four years old. I was born in the late, uh, in the mid-60s, but this starts when I was around four years old, and it spans the course of 30 years, um, because to me, if you are a victim of any kind of child abuse, um, as I got older and I've learned more about life, it's not who you are and how it affected you is is really so much about that, uh, you know, in addition to the actual abuse itself. So a lot of a lot of stories are out there about what happened to this person and how they were abused, which is horrific and should never happen to anybody. But there's so much more as a result of that, that 
that defines you as a human being and, and all the mistakes you make along the way because of those incidences. So, you know, that's why it, it spans such a long period of time because uh, to me, when I was a little child, well, you know, that was me as a child and, and you don't know what's happening. Um, but as you become 10, 12 years old, that's a different experience and how you deal with it. So that's why it spans over 30 years. Um, it's titled Every Nine Minutes because in the United States, every nine minutes, there's a case reported of child abuse. And that's reported. Um, I never reported mine. I think the majority of us suck it up and don't report it for so many reasons. So um, it's staggering to me that, that the statistics are that high. And in a time and an age where we're surrounded by this this generation seems to have no issues with speaking up and and really kind of standing up for what they think is wrong and and good for them Mm -hmm. um but um at the same time this subject is still taboo Mm. people want to avoid it like the plague so uh i don't know that's where i am (laughs) well i mean and, and you're right you know and and it does happen every nine minutes and that's so staggering isn't it when we think about the innocent children are being abused i mean every nine minutes you know what i mean and so and and like you were saying you know this day and age and the generation now you know they're more susceptible to stand up and speak up and and it is a taboo subject and and you know and i i don't know i i can never understand why abuse is so taboo and and why that why the people do not want to listen and hear children or listen to anyone that's being abused for that fact because they don't want to have to if it's and and i've noticed this too people this these are two ways about it if it's happening in their family directly they want to throw it underneath the seat and they don't want to speak about it they want to throw it in the closet and shut the door and lock it because they don't want any problems and it's going to become a problem for them and it's going to be all over their they care too much about what people think of them yeah, and, and they're right yeah and in society they're, they're afraid of oh we're going to be judged by the church we're going to be judged by uh joe bob or, or cindy lou down the road here and so you know it almost kind of reminds me of the whole dugger situation um you know that's been in the the news uh quite often here lately he went back to court well you know uh jim dugger and his wife you know they did that show well, theirs was fueled by money and survival. And and so, but by the expense of their little girls, by the yeah. expense of their daughters, you know? And they were protecting their their elder son over over their little girls. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very, and it's unfortunately common. Right, right. Yeah, yeah and, 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 and it blowed my mind. And, I, you know, this is something I just spoke with a friend about. And a family member about the Duggar hope the whole child abuse thing with the, with him and that you know and um yeah. you know i might have said okay it happened one time with one of the girls and he might have been a, a young boy you know oh well something might have triggered or happened to him that might have triggered this or what have you but he continued it even as an older yeah. older boy because one of the younger girls was way, way young when he got engaged to be married to his now wife. And, um, you know, I just, it breaks my heart to hear these new details come out. Um, 
so and then he wound up being this whole different thing like a monster sort of so to speak uh, mm-hmm. you know and I don't know but but child abuse really really hits home for me and and you know I was telling you before the podcast and I don't know if my my listeners know this but I am a mandated reporter for child abuse um, for the state of Alabama and if I had to be a mandated reporter for the whole entire country you know hey give me the test I'll do it um, because that's important for us to speak up and if we see something that's not right we need to tell someone sure yeah yeah I mean there needs to be more awareness for child abuse um, in this country than there is because well, I, I, yeah. I think that um, you know the majority and unfortunately I think the majority of child abuse happens inside the home whether it's you know step parents step mm-hmm. whatever um, sometimes you know biological is, I mean it, I think it goes both ways which mm-hmm. is very very unfortunate but the bottom line is I, I one of the, the best quotes I've ever heard was, was from the movie Unbelievable and I did a little, the girl who you know she gosh she had a horrible life but she said it's even with good people even with people you can trust if the truth is inconvenient and if the truth doesn't fit in their world they choose not to believe it mm-hmm. and, and it's they're not i don't think they're not intentionally bad people we've just been conditioned as human beings that this subject isn't it, it just makes i don't know it just it's, it's something you just don't talk about and that's not fair to everybody that's out there that has to deal with this crap right um, you know, right. but it, it is today's society. Mm-hmm. I agree with you 100%. And I think that goes for any kind of um, abuse or anything that's ugly in the world that we've been conditioned to kind of like shrug it and go on and persevere yeah. and keep pushing and not worry about this or that. And I want to ask you a question and kind of get off subject to just a second. Um, what, what actually was your defining moment you know, I know you said it. T- it t- it's been a, like a thirty-year journey for you, kind of, so to speak. What What was that one defining moment that you had a breakthrough that you can remember? You mean a breakthrough as as you're healing, what? your healing, and your as you know healing. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> you don't have to answer. Right. Yeah. No, you don't. No, no, I, I'm happy with answering anything, oh. but my defining moment as a um when i sat down it was probably, it was probably my 30s mm-hmm. it was after i met my husband and, and finally actually started to talk about this i just kept it a secret for all those years mm-hmm. um and i said i just got to get it on paper and i think once i started writing i was teaching myself i was like mm-hmm. oh dear god here's my problem right here you know? mm-hmm. you're like oh my god look at this so mm-hmm. it was so educational even if and it's not an obviously for a lot of people they're like i could never put my my life on paper um for me it was it helped me it, mm-hmm. it educated me on me and then i got angry you know mm-hmm. and, and i said this is nobody should have to go through this I, um and i said i you know it's time to share it because i it's one thing to say, hey, as, as a human being, when I sit here in my house and say, nobody should have to deal with this, I, you know, and you tell the people you want to tell about it. Um, but I thought to myself, well, Jesus, I'm an army of one, and this isn't an army of one subject. We, it, as a matter of fact, it's an army bigger than any army I think I've ever seen before people will listen. So that was my defining moment of I'm going to share all of my stuff my my whole my baggage my mistakes everything um with the world in hopes that maybe 
<laughs> you know, maybe maybe we can get a bigger army here. Um, and if not, if one person read it and says, "Hey, this helped me," then that's it was worth it to me to share my story. Right. So that's, yeah. That's how I ended up here. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, I think that um, what you've done in that aspect of writing a memoir about this, um, it really does show your tenacity and your um, ability to overcome and ability to be so resilient, you know. And so being an overcomer to me is a major thing. If you can get to a point to where you're healed and you can overcome things in your life and you can you can actually help out other people, you know, to, to heal and kind of go on their own journey, you know, that says a lot about a human being to me. And so that is a lot of the reasons that I choose people, you know, that come to me to want to be on the podcast is I kind of go by those, those requirements, so to speak. I, I, I just adore women that are, you know, ready to fight ready to talk about it, ready to put their story out there to help other people get through something that's so horrific because child abuse is horrific. It's just, it really is. I mean, it really is. And, um, you know, all abuse is, you know, and, and, you know, like I was telling you about the podcast, you know, I don't just talk about DV and, uh, you know, domestic violence. We talk about, um, all type of survivors, women that have overcame all types of violence and stuff. And so, you know, it's just important for me for your voice to be heard. I don't know, you know, you said that, you know, it had been years and you kind of kept it a secret and stuff, but I was silenced about my story. So, yeah. you know what I mean? But I guess in a way you felt silenced yourself. Yeah, you just, you get to a point when, mm-hmm. you know, at 30 something years old, you, you, you take a chance too, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you get it all down on paper and you say, okay, well, you know, how is this going to affect me if somebody retaliates or something like mm-hmm, that? Mm-hmm. Um, so I got it all down on paper. I sat on it and I published it 21 years later. Wow. So that's how long it took me. Oh, to my get the, For lack of a better word, balls to publish my memoir. Right, right. Um, a lot of other reasons, too. I mean, you know, at the time, right. everything was very expensive and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. But um, I, the other thing is, and, and I don't think as a person, um, and this is just me, so I, I, this is me speaking from my own opinion, um, you actually overcome it. So it's, it sits with you for the rest of your life, right. probably as anything else does, but um, because I always, like, I'm like, God, if somebody, if that was me listening to somebody talk about it, you know, on a podcast or on TV or something, and, and they say, hey, I've overcome this, mm-hmm. I would, and this is, again, only my opinion, I'd be sitting there going, well, geez, I didn't. I, I I don't think I ever can. God, I must suck as a human being. You start to feel, you start to feel like you're not as good as whoever you're not. You know what I mean? I'm not, right, right. I'm generalizing. As yeah. good as that person that's sitting in front of that TV or on the podcast, and you're thinking, "Wow, I'm never going to be that person." Right. But I don't think me. I, I I'm never going to overcome that. That lasted a very long time in my life. Um, yeah. But what I have learned to do is not let it own me mm-hmm, so it's mm-hmm. a constant balance of okay this is creeping up on whatever situation i'm in well f that 
I know it's there. I know it's never going to go away, but it's not going to make me make a decision based on that anymore. Right. And that takes some uh, internal learning about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to say, okay, you've, you've come this far in this light in my brain. Stay the heck back there because there's a better answer to this than what you're telling me. It is, right, you know? right, right, definitely. And, and so it's a constant, like, seesaw, but you learn as you get older, or hopefully, I mean, I did, I mean, you know, I mean, everybody's different, that it's there, but mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be in your face and telling you what to do. Right, yeah. That's when, a hard thing. Yeah, definitely, yeah, it's a very hard thing. I guess, I guess whenever I speak about being an overcomer, I, I, I guess I should define what I mean, you know, I, it's not and that, I, yeah. What you're saying is great because yeah, people yeah. are way better at it. Well, no, I mean, you know, what I, what I mean really about being an overcomer is someone that's able to take what happened to them and turn it into a positive. And yeah. a lot of times, sure. you know, I mean, I think that, that everyone has that ability deep within them, but the fact that they are not quite ready. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Some people are yeah. not ready for that next move in their life, you know, and that's okay because it sometimes takes some people, what one person might take two months, it might take someone 20 years or 30 years. It, it take it took me a long time myself, uh, yeah. you know, to, to actually be at the stage in my life that I'm at now, you know, as far as a healer, you know, being healed from what, you know, was meant to destroy me and, you know, um, well, you know, it almost did destroy me, but, you know, to be able to talk to someone that has been through a whole heck of a lot, but they're still standing and they're thriving and they're doing really well, you know, that's what I mean, I guess, in another word about being overcome. Oh, no, you're right, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I, lo- I love your what you said, though, because that's right. You know what I'm saying? You don't ever completely overcome anything. You just continually work. And, but you don't let it control you in your life. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Control your actions yep. or what you, what you decide to do, you know, and uh, you you just kind of heal from it in a sense. Yep. And you just keep yep. healing, you know, and I love yep. that. Um, but I, I do want you to start touching on what you've actually done, Miss Thing, <laughs> since, <laughs> since you wrote your memoir and, ha, you know, yeah, just kind of touch on things because... Oh. When I when I did um, finish writing it, which was gosh, uh, like 2003 or so, mm-hmm. um, I got done and I was like, well, okay, well that's out of my, you know, I got it. You get it out of your system on paper, um, and then I thought, okay, so now I want to go get it published. Well, back then, um, it, you know, self-publishing wasn't as, as easy to do as it is now. Technology's changed, but back then, once I got done, um, I quickly learned that you obviously have to have something like that professionally edited because, you know, I'm not the best at, at all of writing, obviously. Um, so, you know, I, I then I was, um, I got some quotes on editing my memoir and the quotes were coming in at like five, six, seven thousand dollars and and I do not come from money. My husband and I, you know, we just, you know, you work paycheck to paycheck back then. Um, and I couldn't afford that. So I said to my husband, what if I create a business or something to do on the side where I can raise money to edit my book so we're not taking up money that we need to live on, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of um, how, again, I was 20, over 20 years ago, start, you know, kind of started working on that. Um, and so 
somehow out of all this i'll give you the short version um i decided to create a business of indoor mini golf and i built the first uh our first venue in an old mill in a, a small town in northeast connecticut very low-income town um so i wanted to create something that i had three like three or four requirements one um I wanted to create something that was fun to do for families and it had to cost less than the movies because I had been listening to all these parents with children say, we can't even go to the movies anymore, it just costs mm. over a hundred dollars, you know, and that's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to create something that had little to no overhead, so a high profit margin, which is my past experiences with retail and business management for nightclubs and restaurants, and that was insane. Didn't want to do that. <laughs> um, yeah. And above all else, I wanted it to be fun. so. Um, so I created something called Monster Mini Golf, and it was an indoor, uh, black light, miniature golf, like arcades and a party room kind of uh, venue. Back, and we opened the first one in 2004. Um, but my background is in, you know, marketing and retail man, all that kind of, you know, normal stuff you have to do to make a living these days. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and now, um, you know, it's 2022 coming up on. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we have franchised it. Um, and we're going on, you know, almost 18 years in business, and we've got 32 locations across the country in the United States. Um, so I went from, you know, not wanting to be the workaholic I was when I created this. I, I got married to my husband recently um, and wrote my memoir and said, hey, I want to build a business. And then the book sat on my desk that entire time. Uh, and then COVID hit. Mm. And when COVID hit, the world actually shut down. And for the first mm. time, I think uh, so many people said, huh, the heck am I doing? You know, <laughs> I just have to actually think now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I picked the book back up. I, I edited it. I got a wonderful editor that, gosh, I, she's the best thing in the world. And I published it on Amazon because you can self-publish. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, that's so here we are now. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. I love that. I really love your story. Um, and guys, like she said, you can get it on Amazon. I'm sure you can get it anywhere books are available um, online. And you need to go get the book because, um, you know, um, every nine minutes. Yeah. And I may even title our podcast every nine minutes um, because, you know, I feel like that's kind of an ode to you and, you know, what, what you're doing and things. And so, um, you know, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and uh, talking because, you know, it's it's not an easy subject to talk about. And if y'all want to hear her complete story, you can go and get the book because, you know, she doesn't want to talk about the whole entire thing because she she doesn't want to ruin it uh, for all of the <laughs> listeners. But um, is there anything else that you would like to talk about? No, I don't think so, Misty. I just, um, you know, if... if people have interest in reading the book Mm -hmm. um it's important to me to point out that um i think it it affects us as people so differently as we age you know how it affected you when you were a child is one thing how it affects Mm -hmm. you when you're a teenager Mm -hmm. um, is another thing and then as an adult um you know all these side effects that happen because of that that was it was so important to me to write about that stuff too but you know if somebody doesn't want to read um about it or just has questions you can i am so available on social media um or on on my website feel free to reach out ask anything it's not about making money it's it's about awareness to me right right definitely definitely 
guys, you heard her. Um, wh- what's your where? Where can they reach you exactly on the social media? Um, Do you have the links or social media everywhere? Whether it's Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, um, I, it's easy. I am at one two three Christina V as in Victor. Um, or you know, if you search Christina Vitaliano or every mm-hmm. nine minutes, it'll pop up. If you look up Monster Mini Golf, you will see my name everywhere. Right. <laughs> so whatever it takes, um, feel free. You know, ask anything. I'm, I'm I'm an open book, no pun intended. Right, right, great. Um, guys, thank you for listening to us and listening to Miss Christina because she is a wonderful human being, and and I I really enjoy talking to her. I I feel very connected to her. Um, and so I would love for you all to go listen to the book go go you know if you if you don't want to read like she said you can go listen to it because i'm sure it's on audible um and so i'm going to close the podcast now with i hope everyone has had a great day and i hope you have a beautiful tomorrow and if you would like to donate to boost her episode on this podcast y'all know the um cash out for the the podcast is survivor podcast 43 um you know you don't have to donate but it would be much appreciated. And um, I love you guys. Thank you so much for supporting me, supporting the podcast, and supporting Miss Christina and this episode of I'm a Survivor. Thank you, guys. Um, talk to you on the next podcast. Bye, everyone. Thank you, Christina. Thank you.